Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Welcome to the Daily Jungle. It is Podcast Tuesday. Let's get right to it. Packers get crushed at home last night, and I had to drop some straight fire. Somebody had to do it. Here it is. The Packers are not the same team without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I said it. The NBA season has been rolling now for two weeks, but... It doesn't officially start until LeBron goes cryptic on social media, and he did. Plus, we had an outstanding day today on the phones. Mike in Cleveland ripped that huge call. And three awesome guests, Tobias Harris of the Pistons, Tum Tum Naren of Michigan State, and Chargers running back Melvin Gordon. Alvin, we have got some work to do. Let's get after it. Every so often, you have to step back and make a bold statement. Drop a straight truth on people, whether they want to hear it or not. And I'm not afraid to do it. In fact, they pay me to do it. It's my job to say things that other people think but do not have the stones to actually say. Well, I do. And I will. And here it is. Here's some more of that. After watching Detroit beat Green Bay in Lambeau last night, I am ready to deliver a stone-cold fact. Are you ready for the fire? Can you handle the fire? Here it is, whether you want it or not, whether you're ready for it or not. I am starting to think that the Green Bay Packers are not the same team. Are not the same team without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I said it, and I stand by it. The Green Bay Packers are not the same team without Aaron Rodgers. And listen... You don't just come out here and spit molten lava like that without the facts to back it up. Yeah, you don't believe me? You don't believe me? You want some proof? Why don't we start with the fact that Detroit beat Green Bay in Green Bay? The Lions don't do that. They don't just go into Lambeau and win ever for any reason. That's not who they are, and that's not how they roll. Before last night, they had won a grand total of one game in the last 25 years in Lambeau. And they were going into last night's game, having dropped three straight to close out October. Lose last night, and their season is probably over. In fact, it is over. So you Lion fans can't tell me that deep down, you were not fearing the worst. You can't tell me that you weren't worried that Aaron Rodgers would somehow run onto the field with the 13 screws in his collarbone and still find a way to beat you. Or that Brett Hundley would somehow channel Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and light your defense up. Except it never happened. Instead, Matthew Stafford was the guy lighting up defenses. 26 of 33, 361 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and he made it look easy. Even when Green Bay tried to make it tough by blitzing, he was still 12 of 18, 252 yards and a score. They became the first Lions team in nearly 50 years to go a game without punting. Instead of yet another painful trip to the not-so-frozen tundra, Lions fans were treated to plays like this from Matthew Stafford to Marvin Jones Jr. Lions on second and nine from the Packer 11. Stafford out of the gun. He's got it. Wants to throw. Looking right. Throws. End zone. It is... Did he get it? He did! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Marvin Jones, oh, what a catch! Oh, what a throw, what a catch, what a night so far! Lions Radio. Also, you had Golden Tate's 
unbelievable catch and toe drag. Stafford has got Riddick to his right. He gets the snap. He rolls out of the pocket. He cocks his arm. He throws on the run. It's a spinning, twisting catch, and it was made on the sideline. A chest-high grab by Golden Tate in front of his own bench. Wow, what a catch. Woof. That's a terrific catch by Golden Tate, tippy-toeing down the right sideline. Westwood won. My man Boomer. And if the plays were good, the first TD celebration was even better. Matthews got it, wants to throw, looks right, throws out there, wants Marvin Jones, end zone. Did he catch it? You bet. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh, Marvin locked up with Devon House down the right sideline. Stafford dropped it in the basket. Marvin hauled it in, 25 yards, and a touchdown. They had a little fun celebration in the end zone. A little boxing thing going on. A little boxing thing. You know what that was? In that, the Lions going to Lambeau and busting out a Rock'em Sock'em robot celebration in the end zone. Lambeau is supposed to be a house of horrors, and they turned it into their living room. If Aaron Rodgers were playing last night, it could have been a classic. Could have been a classic shootout between Pro Bowl quarterbacks. Instead, it was Stafford picking apart the Packers and Hundley doing the best he could against Detroit. Just ask Lions corner Darius Slay, quote, we just knew that Hundley would not be able to do the stuff that Aaron does at the line of scrimmage, so we just wanted to go out there and make it tough for him. He is a talented guy. He's an NFL quarterback for sure, but we just knew it would be tough for him to make all the checks like Rodgers does. Listen, Hundley cannot make the checks that Rodgers does. He can't make the throws that Rodgers makes. He can't pull crazy plays out of his backside the way Aaron Rodgers does. That's not even a swipe at Brett Hundley who's a talented guy, but almost nobody can do the things that Aaron Rodgers can do. The fact that there was no Aaron Rodgers definitely made Detroit's night easier, but don't look for them to give it back. They're not going to, nor should they, and Matt Stafford is not going to apologize for who they beat. Every game is huge, Um, you know, especially a division game on the road in a tough place to play like Lambeau. Um, it was a game we were, uh, you know, excited about a Monday nighter. Um, you know, I'm just glad we came out and performed. It was a total team win. Our defense played great. Our special teams was great as well. Total team win. Defense played great. Special teams played great. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they had to have it. It doesn't matter who they beat to get it. They had to have it. Had to have it. And further proof that the Packers are not the same team without Aaron Rodgers. Yes, I said it again. And I'm not coming off it. This is why I'm the pimp in the box. This is why I'm the man behind the mic, because I'm not afraid to say things like that. The Packers are not the same team without Aaron Rodgers. They're just not. That was a slap. That was me giving myself a tongue for that fire take. The Packers are not the same team without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I said it. Telling you, that's why they pay me what they pay me. To say things that other people think but will not say. Don't make me say it again. Let's check Twitter right off the top. Trevor Douglas, great take on the Green Bay team. Straight fire. Take the rest of the day off, Romy. You can't top that take, right? I could walk off on that. I could walk off on that today. I could walk off on that for the rest of my career. I may never have a more fire-laden take than that. At Ray and St. Paul tweets, Careful, Jimmos. The CBS suits will not let you stay on the air if you keep spitting straight fire like that. Yeah, I know, right? You got to push the envelope. You got to raise that bar. You got to put yourself out there. Sometimes you just have to spit molten lava. Somebody's got to do it, and I'm not afraid. 
at Lawson Racing 20L. Cam Newton was right. Just got to stay on the Titanic and ride it out. Everything should be fine. The Titanic still has to go. The Titanic still has to go. He signed at the Green Bay Packers. The Titanic still has to go. And sometimes you just got to eat a W. The Titanic still has to go. Anybody hungry for a W tonight? All right, so they're not the same without him. Damn, I said it again. Man, I am on fire. All right, other NFL topics. Trey in Cleveland. Trey, what's going on? How are you? Jim, thanks for the thanks for the vibe, man. I really, really, really appreciate it. I love the show. Thank you, man. Couple Great to quick, have you. Couple quick points. Um, you know, Josh definitely has to take personal responsibility for you know what he did and his substance abuse, and I think that you know he's definitely owning up to that. But I will tell you, Jim, and I'm from Cleveland, born and raised. I love it here, but Cleveland can be a very difficult city. And a local radio show a couple weeks back, Braylon Edwards who's a Michigan guy, obviously came play for the Browns. You know, we love our Buckeyes here. He said a lot of the similar things. He said that the fans were extremely hard on him. Uh, he said that he, he had some legal issues with fans, you know, breaking into his personal property. I believe it was his car. So I don't necessarily – I believe, Josh, on, you know, those points. But and, – and the fans, you know, if that actually happened, there is no excuse for it. But at the end of the day – you know, if Josh goes out, if he is sober and he plays well, all that stuff goes away. Now, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. I mean, it's been a number of years since he's been in the league. Uh, who knows what his performance are gonna, is going to be. But, you know, it's, it's lined up for him to be a good player. Last point on the Browns, Jim, is that, you know, I, I, I have become a, you know, I, I'm not going to say that I've completely turned my back on the Browns, but, the Browns are absolute laughing stock. To go 0-8, you know, 1-15 last year, to have Sashi Brown come out and say the things that he says and, and, and to act as if nothing is wrong. I mean, this guy has completely, this analytics has completely ruined this team. Um, they have a number of young players that are not stepping up. And it is really time for the ownership, which has their own issues, legal issues with what they're dealing with off the field, um, it's really time for this ownership to take accountability of where we're going. All of them, Trey. All of them, Trey. In fact, I think that I would put you in the front office, Trey, and I think they'd be better served. Clones, give me a moment so I can talk to you about Stamps.com. Listen, these days, you can get practically everything on demand, such as our podcast. Listen whenever you want, when it's convenient for you. So let me ask you, why are you still going to the post office and dealing with their limited hours? When you can get postage on demand with Stamps.com. Anything that you can do at the post office, you can now do right from your desk. As an example, the holidays are coming up. My wife, Janet, is all about the Christmas card. We send out hundreds, literally hundreds of Christmas cards, and there's no way we could do it without Stamps.com. I'm going to print my own postage. I'm going to do it when I want and do it at home. Trust me, with the holidays coming up, you should do the exact same thing, and you'll thank me for it. Go to Stamps.com, hit the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Jungle. That's Stamps.com, enter Jungle for a special, special offer. A four-week trial, which includes postage and a digital scale. Do not wait. You want to go to Stamps.com, and before you do anything else, hit the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Jungle. That's Stamps.com, enter Jungle. 
Stamps.com. Never go to the post office ever again. I know I won't. Stamps.com. That's Stamps.com. Now it's back to our daily jungle. Tobias Harris is my guest. Tobias, great to have you back. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me back. How you been doing? Man, I'm great. Tobias, always good to have you on the show. Always enjoy it. Always look forward to it. Let me get caught up first with you guys. It's still early November, but you're 7-3. and three. You're in first in the division. The team is playing a really efficient brand of basketball, it seems to me. Are you starting to get a sense of the identity of this team? And if so, how would you describe it? Yeah, well, well you know, every game we're coming out, we're playing, we're playing hard, uh, really fighting. Um, but our identity, you know, we want to be a defensive first team that's going to be scrappy, uh, you know, pressuring the basketball and, and just really really making the opposition uh, understand that every time they come in to our arena or we go to theirs, that they're going to get a full night of a team that's going as hard as they can. So, uh, And then offensively, we want to play together, move the ball, uh, have fun out there on the court, and just uh, embrace embrace each other on the floor. Tobias Harris joining us. Now, offensively, you're shooting more threes than you ever had, and you're hitting nearly 46% of them. Andre Drummond said, quote, you're shooting the damn three ball like he's supposed to instead of putting the ball on the floor when he's open, so I'm really happy about that. He's shooting the wide-open three. He's playing a lot more aggressive. He's always in the right spots on the floor. It's good to see him playing so well, end quote. So what is your philosophy now when it comes to threes? Yeah, I mean, um, it was definitely an emphasis for me, uh, throughout this offseason was to get up a lot of reps, game-type game, game type reps. Um, but it's also, you know, uh, a tribute to the system that we've been playing and coaches already coaches expressed to me being shot ready and using my three-point shot to open up driving lanes and just uh, space for other guys on the floor. So, um, you know, it's an all-around thing, and it's something that, uh, you know, I'm shooting it well uh, right now and just look to continue that. Uh, you see, I see opening up the game for me and my teammates and uh, I think it's definitely helping us uh, so far this season. You know, it seems pretty obvious that when you're shooting it well, you know what's going to happen or you know what you're going to do. But if I go back to a game last month against Minnesota, you started by missing five of your first six. When you start like that, it would be easy to think maybe it's not my night and then stop shooting and look to help in other ways. But instead, you kept looking for your shot, and then you hit 13 of your next 18, and you end up with 34 on the night. So how do you go about handling that start and then turning it around the way you did? It's just all about confidence, um, understanding that, uh, you know, some of the shots you just might not make. Uh, for me, it's, it's all about being shot ready, though, and not letting that defer my game or, or change my game to make me just want to drive and try to get easy ones. Uh, so, you know, throughout that game, my whole uh, mindset, every time I shoot the ball, I think it's going in. That's just the way, you know, my mindset is. And, uh, you know, that, and that, that's confidence, and that's, uh, you know, really trusting the work that you put in and trusting – your teammates uh, knowing that you can make those shots. So, for me, that's how I look at it. Detroit Piston, Tobias Harris is my guest once again. Now, you had a huge game in the home opener, which was the debut of the new downtown arena. What was that first game downtown with Eminem in the house like for you and for the rest of the team? Oh, man, I was electric. Uh, you know, I kind of described it to you know my best, uh, you know, impression of me being an eight-mile movie where he was at, where he was in. But, uh, you know, right. it was awesome having him there. It was a, a lot of celebrities. Uh, Big Shaw, uh, Days Loaf was in the building. So we had, uh, you know, a lot of excitement. And, you know, we've been having excitement pretty much every game. And that's what, you know, we get our energy from as a team, just being able to embrace the city, embrace our fans, and uh, really give them a show every single night. 
listen, I understand that you're going to be focused on team goals. But from a personal standpoint, you've already had three games of 25 or more, including a pair of games of 31 or more. Is the all-star team something that might be in the back of your mind at least a little bit? You know, I, you know, honestly, for me, just be, getting our team to be the best team that we can be, and I think everything else will handle itself. Uh, you know, I, I look at us as we're a top-four team in the East. Uh, by that time, you know, somebody on this team will be able to be in that game, and um, whoever knows who it is. But, uh, you know, I'll be excited if anybody on our team makes a game. Uh, but, you know, for, for me, that, that is a, a, a dream goal of mine as an individual in the league is to be an all-star. But, uh, you know, I know winning handles a lot more, and that's really what I, my main focus is. You know, you and I spoke since you were traded to Detroit, but now that you've been there a little while longer, how does it feel to be in Detroit and to be a Piston? Oh, man, that's awesome. I mean, uh, you know, every night playing in front of great fans who support us um, and just being able to be, be part of something that we can really embrace uh, and try to, um, you know, be a team that goes out every single night, has an identity. Uh, you know, my, my teammates, coaching staff, uh, down the line, we have some great people. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a blessing every single day to come to work and just be around these guys. And I'm having the most fun, you know, in my whole career. So every single day is, 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 has been awesome for me. Tobias, speaking of your career, you and I have been talking for years now to the point where it's kind of hard for me to believe that you're still just 25 Stan Van Gundy praised your maturity. He said, quote, honestly, one of the mistakes I make with him, I think he's a lot older than he is. He seems like a 30-year-old, a 10- or 12-year vet in terms of his maturity and professionalism. Pretty high praise coming from a coach like that. Does it feel to you like you've been in the league for a decade at this point? Um, you know, not really. Uh, I think uh, having a lot of young guys, uh, there's always young guys that come in every single year. Uh, the rookies, so being able to pick their brain um, and understand that I was in their position, you know, not too long ago, and uh, you know, th- this is the best time of my life uh, as a, as a human, just being able to live out my dream of playing in the NBA. So, not a day goes by where I don't like think of when I was a rookie coming in, or when or uh, you know getting drafted, things like that. So, you know, I always try to, you know, I'm 25, but I always say I'm still. 19, like when I got drafted and, and coming into the league. You know, when people ask me my age, I say I'm 19 just because I always want to stay in that young element and never, um, you know, let the, let the game get to me or any of those things. It's so perceptive to hear you say, it's the best time of my life. I mean, you usually don't know when you're in the midst of your best time of your life. Like, you can look back and say, that was the best time of my life. I wish I had known then what I know now. But you know it already. This probably is the best time of your life. Final thought then, you've got the second best record in the East. I know it's early, but when you look at how wide open that conference is, does it feel like a team that's not only going to go to the postseason, but can make some real noise once they get there? Yeah, that's our goal. Um, you know, every single day that we practice and we come in uh, as a team to get better, that's that's what we have in mind. And, you know, obviously it is still early, but the biggest thing uh, that, we, that we continue to do and want to do as a team is build consistency and just, uh, you know, really better ourselves and what we're doing and what's been working for us. Um, you know, we don't want to get too caught up in the hype. As a, you know, media can, can really, uh, you know, bring the, bring the best out of you and the worst out of you in, in some circumstances. So we try to keep it level-headed and understand that we still have a lot of business left to handle. Tobias, I was going to cut you loose, but let me just follow up on that. What do you mean by that? And I think I see where you're going with it, but what do you mean, like, the media can bring out both the best and worst in you? How so? 
you know, sometimes there's uh, with a, with a lot of hype and a lot of a lot of media and stuff like that, it could uh, you know really get get you like as individuals maybe uh, you know too big headed or just focus on the wrong things instead of understanding what's what's really a task and that's for us as a team to to be the best team that we can be. Um, you know, sometimes too much praise can can lead to contentment and things things of that nature. So you know, we we talk about that as a team all the time, and we understand what we what we have what goal we have in mind as a team to get done. So that's really what we come into every day to work for is getting better and, uh, you know, being the best team that we can be. Football season starts up, and you know it starts with the first kickoff. Hockey season starts when the first puck drops. Baseball season starts with the first pitch. But basketball, it's me, it doesn't officially get underway until LeBron thumbs out his first subtweet which means last night was the official start, the opening night of the 2017-2018 NBA season. Or at least, this is what he probably wishes. Unfortunately for the King, the season actually started two weeks ago. But you'd never know it by watching the Cavs. They're still in full summer D-League mode. They're 4-6. and six. I understand the regular season doesn't mean a hell of a lot to them. We've seen that. But they are 4-6. and six. And meanwhile, you look at the top of the East and who's there? The Celtics. Nine and two, winners of nine straight, and led by whom? The guy that LeBron used to know, Uncle Drew himself, or Sir Kyrie Irving. And last night, this cat goes off 35 in 37 minutes to beat the Hawks. Shortly after that happened is when Braun went sub. He hit his Instagram page with the famous bald fist Arthur the Aardvark meme. And the caption, mood. And here we go. The NBA season is officially underway. I mean, damn, we went a full 10 games before LeBron dropped a subtweet. Subgram in all of our laps. I guess that's something to be proud of. Just know this. That's no coincidence. It's no coincidence because it never is when LeBron reaches for his phone. It's not like LeBron got all bent trying to put his kids to bed. Or LeBron went reaching for that phone because his wife mistakenly deleted all their shows on their DVR. Nope. Nope. Nobody outside of Taylor Swift is more calculated on social media than LeBron James. Every like, every follow, unfollow, tweet, retweet, subtweet. And this one dropped right after Kyrie balled out. No coincidence. Hey, Bron, I get it. We all get it. You're bent. Your former ex is not only thriving with his new team, he's getting his engagement photos plastered all over Facebook, and now they're being shared into your timeline every single night. And you get to see how happy he is with his new team. And while they're killing it, your team is struggling to keep teams under 110 every single night. It's tough. I get it. Breaking up that way, the way you two did, is tough. It's like having to live with a bad tattoo. It's always going to be there. You will always be asked about it, too. You think Jennifer Aniston doesn't still get asked about Brad Pitt? You think Nicole Kidman isn't still asked about Tom Cruise? So you better expect to be asked about Kyrie, especially when he goes off the way he did. And to me, the subtweets are not helping his cause, not helping his case. Because now people only ask about it even more because he went subtweet or subgram. Look, I get it. 
You like to use social media to send messages. I also get that fame is one hell of a drug. But my man, help yourself out. Keep that drama and that frustration off of social media. Speaking of social media and people who rush to social media based on what's going on in their lives, have you ever noticed how people only post on social when things in their life are really, really good or when things are really, really bad? Check me out. I'm parasailing in Cancun. I'm backpacking in France. Or I just totaled my car. My cat just died. Or in LeBron's case, my team can't win. And my former running mate is killing it with that new franchise. Listen, when things go wrong, we know. We know. We just don't need you posting about it like some kind of passive, aggressive teenage girl who just broke up with her boyfriend. My man, you're one of the greatest ever. Arguably the GOAT. Act like it. Don't be a bag, just ball. We are joined by Michigan State guard Tum Tum Naren. Tum Tum, great to have you on. How are you? Man, I'm great, man. Thank you so much. How you doing? Dude, I'm great. It is so good to have you on the program. Finally, really nice to talk to you. Now, we're a few days away from the start of the season, as I mentioned. So how are you feeling right now? How hyped are you to get this season underway? Man, I'm feeling I'm feeling great, man. We're excited to get this season underway, you know. Um, it's been my last year. Being here for four years has been nothing but a great experience for me. But, you know, we've been beating up on each other all summer long, working out, um, going hard every single day, and now it's time to, to get it rolling and play against some other people. Now, you mentioned it's going to be your last year, and I want to talk to you about that. But if we go back a couple of years to 2015 and the final four that year, after the team lost to Duke, you were pretty emotional in the locker room because you didn't want your senior teammates to go out the way that they did. And you've talked about how you don't just play for your teammates, but you play for the guys that you never played with, all the alumni, Draymond, Travis Walton, Mateen, Magic. Where did that attitude and approach come from? Well, you know, when I when I first came to Michigan State, man, it was just a, a thing that they did, you know, send the seniors out the right way. Um, you know, Draymond wanted to send Travis Walton out the right way. Um, and then when I came a freshman, it was Travis Trice and, and Brandon Dawson senior. So I just wanted to do the same for him. And obviously, you know, me knowing the guys that I didn't play with, like Travis Walton, Mateen Cleaves, guys like that, me playing for them because they paved the way for for players like myself to be at Michigan State. And uh, I think when you play for other people, you know, it will benefit you in the long run as well. Tum Tum Naren joining us. All right, so knowing your philosophy then and what it was like to send those seniors off the right way, you're a senior right now. So what's it like for you? Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a, it's an emotional thing for me just because, you know, um, growing up you always heard people, older people tell you that when you go to college, you know, time is going to go by so much more faster than it did in high school. And you, you just kind of drop it off your shoulders and be like, yeah, whatever. But then when you actually get in that moment, you know, the three, three and a half years went by so fast. And now that I'm a senior and, you know, the guys are saying, let's send Tom out the right way. It's just kind of, it's, it's a great feeling, but it's an emotional feeling because Michigan State has done so much for me since I've been here. All right, so it's all in front of you right now. You're number two in the preseason polls. I know you'll tell me that the preseason polls are there for a reason. It really does not matter, which is true. But when you look at the talent that you have on this roster, what kind of thoughts do you have? And do you feel like this could be the making of a special season? Well, I definitely think it's it's a making of a special season, and in any season you come into as a college athlete, you want you want to make sure 
that you put enough time and effort into making it a special season. But um, you can always look at rankings and you got to appreciate the fact that people think that highly of you because of the program, what Coach is and his staff has done over the years here. And um, and you can take that and, and don't take it as a burden. You know, you can enjoy being in a situation like that. But, but obviously when you step out on the floor, you want to put enough time and effort into to doing as best as you can to, you know, ultimately win it all. And, and I, that's always going to be the goal at Michigan State is to play for championships and, and win a national championship. So I think with this year we have a lot of special players. We have a lot of people that put in time. You know, we have a, a coach and staff that really love and care about the players and is going to hold us accountable each and every day. So I feel like if we can control the things we can control coming into the season – and just work as hard as we can every single day. Everything else to take care of yourself. Michigan State guard Tom Tom Naren is my guest. You mentioned the coaching staff. We're talking about Tom Izzo, and this here is a big Tom Izzo house. He has said some amazing things about you. As an example, quote, sure. I've had a lot of good and cool leaders over my time here, but none maybe that has done more not only for our community, our school, our players, our coaching staff. This is a special kid, end quote. Uh-huh. Listen, I mean, yeah, right? I know how yeah. humble you are and that you want to be a leader no matter what, and you're not going to make it about yourself. But yeah. what do you want people to remember you as as a player at Michigan State, and what would you like for your legacy to be? Well, first of all, man, I'd just like to, you know, if a coach is to say that about me, you know, it's when, you, when you hear people talk about you like that, it's all you always take a step back to just understand that, you know, it's a blessing from God, and, and it really humbles me to hear that. and because of all the other great leaders that have been here, just to hear him say that means a lot to me. But what I want people to remember about me is just, a, you know, a guy that gave everything he had every single night. But I want I want people to remember me also as a guy that when his, when his teammate look to the left, whenever they see me on and off the floor, that they know that I got their best interests at heart and I'm there for them off the floor just as much or even more than I am on the floor. You know, just a guy that that they want to touch people every single day and everything that I do. And, you know, I always tell people that, you know, I'm always good. I take care of other people because I'm always good because I'm in the best hands possible. So it's a guy that, that gave everything he had every single day and, and gave it all up for his teammates and passion every single day. Tom Tom Naren joining us. You know, if you go back to your high school days, you were a great player. But as you said, you thought maybe back then you could kind of do whatever you wanted. One day, your high school coach, Kyle Lindstead, said he saw you in the weight room and noticed yeah. that you were slacking off. And the story goes, tell me if this is correct. He yeah. said, look, you'll never be LeBron. You'll never yeah. be Kobe. Stop trying to be like them. You're special because you're a leader and you know how to motivate and inspire people. Is that how that went? And what do you remember about that moment? Uh, yeah, that's definitely how it went. Uh, that's... You know, I call that one of the defining moments in my life, man, where, you know, where you find out about yourself. And I believe in my heart that God placed certain people in your life to, to help you. And, you know, we all say, everybody in life always said they want to hear the truth. But the truth hurts. So, you know, it, it hurts, but, but you really need it. So I would come in the weight room some days and I would be, you know, hype. And then the next the next day I would be kind of to myself. Then on the, on the court, like I said, I... I could do whatever I want, but then one day I would try to be playing smooth and, and casual. And he pulled me aside one day and he, he told me, you'll never be LeBron James, you'll never be Kobe Bryant. 
You know, you have a special gift. You can motivate people. You inspire people. To, you know, you bring out the best in people. So just be tough. And and I promise you, I was in, I was a sophomore in high school, and since that day, I never reverted back. And then just comfortable with being me. And you know, if you can inspire somebody and, and help somebody, and my coach helped me find out that that was my best quality and my best attribute as a human being. And when I took that to the floor, to every weight, every weight room session, every practice, you know, everything I do in life, you know, is based around me serving, motivating, and inspiring people. But ever since that day, I never reverted back. Tom Tom Nairn, my guest. It's an amazing story. Cassius Winston, as an example, it's one yeah. of your teammates at Michigan State. He said, quote, you're an amazing person, and that's why it's so easy to follow him. Whatever Tom asks from us, we're going to do. No questions uh, asked. I mean, again, that's, that's an amazing thing for a young uh, player to say about you. So how do you go about motivating and inspiring people? Well, you know, as a, as a leader – um, you know, a lot of times people may ask you to do something or they may show you where they want you to go, but I feel like all great leaders, all good leaders, you know, whatever they ask you to do, they do it and they bring you with them. So one thing that Coach Izzo has really taught me since I've been to Michigan State is, you know, you can't ever come to the gym by yourself. You got to always bring a teammate. You got to always drag a teammate along. And for me, that's what I always try to do. You know, when I was a freshman, Travis Trice was a senior point guard. And everything in practice that I didn't understand, he pulled me to the side and explained to me. So I took it upon myself that, you know, whoever comes in and I'm a senior, I'm a junior, and they're a freshman, I'm going to do the same exact thing that Travis Trice did for me. And I think that's that's what we do at Michigan State. Um, we're a family. And, you know, just to, to hear Cash say that is, is also very, very humbling because, you know, I I do my best every single day to make sure, you know, my guys know that I have their back no matter what. I don't know, Tom. Tom, I'm like, I'm not there. I'm not a part of this. But I, I'm getting kind of emotional thinking about your last season and your last game. Oh, it's going to be like leaving that program. <laughs> do you allow yourself to think about that or maybe do you not want to think about that at all? Uh, to, to be honest, man, I, I'm kind of a I, I'm a guy that you know I never have bad days, um, and that's that's the, the God's honest truth. I don't have bad days. That doesn't mean that you know things don't frustrate me. I just never let them get the best of me, and I'm I'm always a guy that lives in the moment. I appreciate every second of every day that I get to see that I get to be alive. But my senior night has always been a night that. I kind of like want want to come, but didn't want to come because of what Michigan State basketball and this this program, this community means to me. What it's done for me in my life, I'm just gonna be honest with you, man. It's gonna be really, really, really hard, and I think about it every single day. Tom Tom Naren, my guest. Before I let you go, I mentioned it's a huge Tom Izzo house here. I've been talking to the coach yeah. for years, and you mentioned him several times in the interview. What's it been like to play for Tom Izzo? Oh man, it's been you know, one of the best things that could ever happen to me. Um, coach Izzo is an unbelievable human being, man. You know, um, he's a great coach, but I think a more unbelievable human being that he even is a coach. And, you know, that says a lot because he's in the Hall of Fame and still coaching. But, you know, he's a guy. You can come, you can call him any time of the night. You can come in this office any time, talk to him about anything. And that's what makes him so special is that he, he really, really cares about his players, you know, not just as basketball players, but as human beings. And for me to, to play under him, um, to be under a leader like him, you know, 
I will always tell people the greatest thing he's he's ever taught me about a leader is how to lead your best friends and people that's closest to you. You know, because it's hard for you to lead your best friend. It's easier for you to lead lead people, you know, that are not as close to you with your best friend. When you can when you can hold your best friend accountable is when you can really make some strides and, and some steps in your life as far as leadership. And you know, you know, Michigan State man is like like I've been saying, it's done so much for me and Coach Izzo, you know, all the meetings me and them have, all the times that we talk, how much he's, you know, just took time to help me out, to help me become a better player and a better man. Like, it's going to be hard just, you know, walking across that, that stage when I graduate or walking, you know, kissing the Spartan head, you know, when I play my last home game, you know, obviously because of the program and the, the former players, the current players, all the relationships I've built here. But, you know, when I when I think about not being able to play for him again, um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely emotional and I would never – I will always cherish, you know, my moments and my times at Michigan State playing under Coach Izzo. Later on today, you do not want to miss it. All right, time for a few phone calls to end hour number two. Let's get back at it. We go to Cleveland. Mike in Cleveland, Ohio. Mike, nice to have you on today. How are you? Hello, Mr. Rome. How are you doing? Good, good. Mike, how are you? What's going on? Uh, I'm good. Uh, hey, I want to touch you on the Browns. Uh, but real quick, uh, a couple weeks ago you talked about uh, – uh, the C-section deal. I went through that like 29 years ago. And how much you, man? Don't look. I was in there for like 20 hours with my wife. They sent us home. We felt like failures, you know. My wife's all emotional. And I'm like, and she's writhing in pain and getting epidurals and all that. And I'm like, hey, you going to eat that Salisbury steak there? And <laughs> I looked that down. And, but, and then, I, then the C-section came. And, man, I, dude, I looked and then, I was going down, the nurse said, somebody better get dead. And I was about to hit the floor. So my advice out there, yeah, don't don't look at the C-section. Man. That is so great, hey, Mike. That is uh, so great. 30 years later, you remember that thing, clearest day. Right, now, don't look. Do not look. If you don't take my word for it, take it from Mike. All right, Mike, what else? Got that. Uh, hey, man, uh, the Dust Gordon thing, I mean, I, I think uh, for the most part, everybody here in Cleveland has been really pulling for this guy, you know. And uh, – he keeps letting us down, uh, and I think if I'm going to call BS on everything he talked about in that that article. Now, this isn't New York City. Like uh, Cleveland's a big city, but it's not huge. We we would have heard about that. And that's the first I've heard about that story about fans jumping on his car and follow him, following him in a supermarket. Have you ever seen Josh Gordon? I, I wouldn't mess with that guy. Are you Are you kidding me? He's not a small dude, okay? And if somebody wants to roll up on him, when, especially if he's all bug-eyed and got a belly full of Jameson in him or whatever, I ain't going <laughs> 10 feet of that dude. And I'm certainly not going to try and roll up on him and start a fight with him. And and I got to believe that if some of that, all that stuff happened, Jim, we'd have heard about it in the local papers, social media, what have you. So I, I, I just got to call BS on it, right? A lot of appreciation for you. You can call this show anytime you want, Mike. Melvin Gordon is my guest. Melvin, good to have you on. How are you? Good, boss. Good. You? I'm great, man. I'm great. Good to hear your voice. All right, so you're coming off your bye week. Let me get your thoughts first on the bye week. How'd you go about approaching it? Did you unplug, get away from football to rest up, or did you stay on your grind? Oh, I rested up, man. Um, Just banged up a little bit. So, uh, you know, 
good time to, to get back right, get healthy. You know, you were banged you were banged up a little bit going into that game against New England, but then you broke off that 87-yard TD run. So what's going through your mind on that run? Did you have the explosiveness and that extra gear that you normally have? Well, I haven't really sprinted out like that, you know, in some weeks. So I was just like, you know, when I got open, I was just like, I had no form. I was just like, <laughs> don't get caught. I was looking at Malcolm Butler in the screen. I was like, holy smokes, he is moving right now. My legs are not going. I was just like, man, man, just get there because if you don't, you won't hear the last of it. So just get there and, you know, I end up getting there. But, I mean, it opened up. I mean, it blocked. It was blocked out so perfect. Um, I mean, I had to score. You don't get many of those. Melvin Gordon joining us. You know, you've been you'd been in every single game with that 0-4 start, so it wasn't what you've liked, the record, I mean, but you weren't that far away. And you've made the point also that when we start, we don't start so well, but we've been finishing really, really well. How do you go about changing that when you know you've got the talent and the weapons that you have across the board? Yeah, it's just the leaders just grouping together and, and honestly just bringing it out of the guys. I mean, that's just honestly what it takes is, is good leadership. Not saying that we don't have it because we do. Um, but it's just saying the right things to get guys motivated a little bit earlier. And, uh, you know, we really shouldn't, you know, be in a position where, you know, it takes someone, um, to get us motivated because we should already be motivated. But sometimes it takes that, you know, it takes good leaders to bring it out of guys early. And, uh, you know, um, you know, I think our leaders have really stepped up to the challenge, uh, knowing that we need it. Um, you know, we, this, the second half of the season is really big for us. So, um, that's motivation enough for us, honestly. We're talking to Melvin Gordon. Now, you've already got a career high in receiving touchdowns, and you're on pace for a career high in receptions and yardage. How important, then, is it for you to be known as a complete running back? It's big, man. It's big, especially coming from Wisconsin, where, um, you know, people you know, definitely didn't you know, think that you could, that I, you know, had that, as, you know, as part of my game when I knew I did. Um, but it's just good, you know, being able to put it on display. Go back. There's Wisconsin, and then you go back even further than that. Back to your youth football days, your coach, Alan Birchfield, talked about how way back then, when you were younger, you were kind of lanky, and quote, you didn't move or walk like you had much talent. Look where you are right now. So I've got to know, what were you like when you first started playing? It was just, I mean, I was just a strider, man. It's the same thing. You know, I, you know, I had some dog in me, bro, but, uh, you know, it's just, you know, some guys don't look apart. Man. I had to grow right. up a little bit. You know, I was skinny, super linky, you know, like you said. Um, but, you know, obviously the talent showed out there on the field. Dude, I know you had some dog in you because you've got a reputation as a workout warrior now. So you might have had that dog in you the whole time, but when did you make that turn? I mean, the coach is saying you're lanky and maybe didn't move or walk like you had much talent. When did you make that transition to a guy that was a total dog and a weight room legend? It was uh, my sophomore year of high school. Um, uh, my freshman year, I didn't really, you know, um, work out too much. Uh, I kind of just, you know, I, I, I didn't feel like, I felt, I felt like, you know, drills and just athletic ability and, and, and you know, that, that would get me by. Um, and, uh, you know, I just did enough in the weight room, you know, just kind of like everyone else, just did enough. And then my sophomore year, I was just like, okay, um, you know, I'm going to put everything together. I won't let weight, the weight room be a factor of me not having success. So I'm going to take it up another notch and see where it takes me. And then that's where, you know, I start putting everything together. L.A. Chargers running back Melvin Gordon, my guest. You know, your dad tells a great story. You wear a chain around your neck that you got from him. 
Now, he says that you borrowed it and you never gave it back. But when he <laughs> sees you running with it, he feels like a part of him is running with you. So what's that mean to hear that from him? It's good, man. It's good. You know, my you know, my dad is you know, is happy and, you know, he's happy about something. And he's happy his son is out there. And, uh, you know, any time that, you know, your son, daughter, whatever, has something that resembles them, their parent, um, you know, in any type of light, it makes them smile. It makes them feel loved. Um, so, you know, I never take it off. You know, my pops gave it to me, and I'm looking forward to, you know, giving it to my son if I have one um, and, and just let it trickle down like that. But, you know, my, father, my father's proud. Obviously, he didn't get to live this dream. Um, so, you know, he's trying to, you know, live it through me. Clones, thank you so much for listening. Jim Rohn Podcast, episode 12, is going to drop in a few hours with Green Beret and former football player Nate Boyer. Do yourself a favor and give this one a listen, and then check back here tomorrow for more Daily Jungle. See you then. You ever hear something and know the world will never be the same? Houston, we have liftoff. Well, wait until you hear this one. Half price coffee. That's right. Get into McDonald's weekdays before 10.30 a.m. for any size premium roast coffee or iced coffee. Both made with 100% Arabica beans, both half the price. Good is brewing. And that's the sound of your morning changing. Limited time only. May not be combined with any offer or combo meal at participating McDonald's.